I'm Joan Hogan welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is here ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a primary care physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings, and he's also a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Good Holm. Good morning, Joan Hogan. One other thing, we do have a guest in the studio. Before I introduce her, I'd like to remind our listeners they can live stream this program on their computer. If you'd like, you're listening on the radio, if your computer's nearby, we're on the web at prairiedoc.org, O-R-G, not that, that you know, prairiedoc.org. Pull up the page, choose radio, and you'll see the arrow pointing to our program today, and you'll see us as well as you hear can, us. You can even, and, and it's amazing. Have you ever watched Prairie Home Companion on yeah. TV oh, or I, on, I, on the computer? I have not watched it on the computer. Yeah, you can watch it on the computer, and it is just amazing. Uh, and so, I mean, it's it's fun it's to see. Fun. We're not amazing, but we're We're not here. that amazing. No, no. no. Okay, so <laughs> you know you can live stream us, but if you just want to listen to the radio, we're happy to have you listening. And today, you can listen to a very qualified young woman. Mm-hmm. Bev Cotton is a registered nurse, and she has worked with the Brookings Health System for quite a few years. I want to say diabetes coordinator. Would that be the right term? Educator. What would be? Educator. Diabetes educator. I try educator. to coordinate, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, Bev, that's well, not high on the, the well, list of things I can do. You're <laughs> always happy when you hear about it. It's Thank just you. a pleasure to have you with it's us. It's fun to be right. here. Thank you for joining us. Well, tomorrow night's television show is uh, on, uh, uh, on call with the Prairie Doc is with Mark Oppenheimer. Uh, Mark is an endocrinologist from Sioux Falls. And uh, he's really a character, actually. And uh, uh, the first time I met him, I was at a medical meeting sitting next to him listening to a lecturer, and he was knitting. (laughs) And I thought, now that's an interesting thing. His wife is Matilda. (laughs) She's she's a delight. Uh, um, I saw Matilda again uh, last uh, fall when I was getting ready to run the half marathon. Mark was dropping off Matilda. Matilda's this short little thing, and she was getting ready to run the half marathon, too. She's my age. So the uh, two of you ran it together. uh, Well, I don't know where she was in the pack. (laughs) I was kind of in my ears listening to KBRK. (laughs) Of course you were. (laughs) So, uh, but the whole story is that uh, Mark Oppenheimer will be here tomorrow, uh, a, a very interesting man, and we'll talk about all things endocrine thyroid disease and hormonal things and all those things but you know the biggest endocrine issue that we deal with on a regular basis in medicine is diabetes and when we started talking about diabetes we thought about Bev Cotton <laughs> because always she's think of edu- Bev first yes because she is supreme diabetic educator and we lean on her all the time and uh, she she is her independent little self over in the corner teaching them these wonderful things and we really lean on her to teach us things too thank you for being helpful to our patients and helping with this regard it's a pleasure we're good glad to have you here you know we do take a few breaks during this program and for those of you listening who may have diabetes or have a close friend or family member with diabetes if you have any questions this would be a great 
call-in program for you, 692-1430. If you give us a call, I know Bev or Dr. Holm would be glad to respond to any questions about diabetes. You know, it's the questions that make this a a lot better show. Mm -hmm. So help us. Help us be a really good show. Give us a a call. Great idea. 692-1430. And we'll take a break and be back right after these words. Thank you. Good. Hey, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Dr. Home, you got to stop laughing. No. Oh. Just heard a sad story from Bob. Bob sad glasses. His glasses. Tur- turbo down flushing a glasses, really. They flushed okay. them right down the old flushing I won't be on the first Jamal, so. <laughs> no, that's not true. They're gone. They're so gone. I, have a, I have a reading glasses story. You do. What's your reading glasses story? So we sailed into harbor on East Joost van Dyke. Beautiful harbor, one of the prettiest spots in the whole world. Uh, and uh, we took the uh, rubber dinghy <laughs> with all eight of us into the dock. Uh, and, uh, and then we hiked into the bubbly pool, which is this fabulous place, uh, Brit- British Virgin Islands. And then uh, we hiked back to have a, you know, a celebratory uh, <laughs> glass of rum of some kind, you know, uh, as we looked at the palm fronds waving. This is on a January day, looking out over the, the, <coughs> the water. And I decided I would go uh, down and get some stuff and bring it back to pick up people. So I'm down on the dock, and a woman who was obviously the captain of her yacht group, whatever, was telling them, get in, get over here, get over, don't step on the glasses. <laughs> and she looked down and she picked up these glasses and she looked around and, and she said, would you like a pair of glasses? And I said, sure. And she said, okay, and tossed them to me, you know, and I caught them. And it was, I said, what happened here? She said, we found them. We were snorkeling. We found them in the drink. Somebody must have leaned over. They came down, and we retrieved them. And, you know, they're probably not any good, but, you know. (laughs) Here you go. And I thought, okay. Well, they were kind of encrusted with barnacles. They were. They were. They had been down there for a while. For a while. The glasses part seemed to be okay, and I just kind of rinsed them off and put them in my pocket and put them in my backpack, and then they came home with me. And then I took a little time to clean them off, and they have a little character with the barnacles here and there, but they see pretty good when you're <laughs> when you're at home at night. And so I have a just a it was a just the opposite. Maybe these were your glasses. A barnacle and encrusted reading glasses. Yeah. Did they say Davy Jones? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, Davy Jones's glasses. I can't believe you saved them. Isn't you it? did. You work. Oh, well, there you go. You wouldn't well, you got another anything. pair of those reading glasses that don't have all those little bumps on it. And I said, you know, I kind of <laughs> like the bumps. You like the barnacles. There's a story there. Bev, you've been sailing in the British yes. Virgin Islands. Yes, somewhere around that same area, there would be a Birkins Marathon hat that flew off my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to purchase a new one. And by the way, that's coming up real soon, too. The marathon oh, sure yeah. is. Yeah. Are you going to run it? Um, no, I... I'm on the committee, so I help Dr. Bean with it. So it's kind of tough for me to run, but I am running the half marathon the following um, weekend in Fargo. And then two weeks later, I'm going to be running the half marathon in the Deadwood Trail in Deadwood. Oh, so you're going to do two in a row? Yep. Wow. Two weeks wow. apart. Wow. So That's one way to stay healthy. You got to work up to it. I tell I tell my patients to do it, so I feel like even I have the to diabetic patients, right? Yep. Oh yeah, well, to be running. So, oh, how yeah. important do you think exercise is for diabetes? I think it's probably goes fifty fifty with um, 
you know, your lifestyle changes need to be both your diet and your exercise. I think exercise is just as important as diet, sometimes maybe more. Um, some, not all people can exercise, um, but I feel that they need to have some sort of increase of activity every single day um, just to kind of burn that sugar and keep their sugars under control. I like the idea of relative exercise. That means not having your, your wife run for you that was that would be relative, <laughs> yes. but relative to what you can do, do that, and then gradually over time, relative to what you can do, right, keep exercise. You know, the recommendation from the American Diabetes Association is to do 150 minutes of aerobic exercise every week, and so aerobic meaning you get your heart rate up there a little bit to the point of where you can't really hold a conversation without maybe having to take, take a, a breath, breath or two. Um, in between the conversation, just at the edge of conversation. Right. So you're pushing yourself a little so bit. So yeah, you push yourself a little. And, and I feel, and that's kind of why I, I myself personally like to push myself a little bit and go a little bit longer distance because I feel that that's the way you push yourself. And I think that's what patients need to do is they, you can't get comfortable at something. I think you, you every day you have to kind of push yourself. Um, it's not easy. Um, but it does become a habit, and that's the other part of it is, is once you start, you know, that's the it, hardest part is it, starting and then just keep going. So, you know, I, I, I want to say this. I, I was talking with an 80-plus-year-old, kind of almost 90-year-old guy who was regularly exercising, and he says, well, you know, there's no question about it. A lot of people my age or younger than me just quit. They're, they're done with their life. They're done with their kids. They're done with their job. They're done with their... Do they're done. They sit down, and they melt away, and they're gone. If you don't use it, you lose it. Really means something when you get older. And my point is that, you know, when you're um, in your middle age, or you're and you're moving in that direction, you want to stay in your middle age, then keep moving yeah. so that you don't move so fast to that end age and uh, stop going. For those listening, too, it's kind of good to know uh, both of you have exercised a good part of your adult life. Yeah. I really did not. I was probably in my 50s before I got into it. So if you're 50 or 60 and you've never exercised, you can start now. You so don't have to have been doing it your whole life. You can start now. So you've been gone to Florida for like yeah, a have. month or I a have. month and a half. I have. What did you do there <laughs> on the beaches? I mean, what's well, I did a lot of walking. I did sunbathing with uh, my SPF 3O, according to <laughs> Dr. Holm. Someone, I came home and someone said, oh, you didn't get much of a tan. I just wanted to hit him. I thought, I've got color, but I don't get burned. And I did get a little darker, but I really make sure that I don't get burned. I want to enjoy the sun. I do exercise and I have a bike down there, so I bike. And so biking and walking are my two main exercises. But I think I've really missed the aerobic class that I take up at the wellness center because I still felt kind of stiff when I got home. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that, and I feel good again. So that makes a difference. I wanted to mention, too, when Bev said some people might be unable to exercise, there's a class at the wellness center that starts after mine is finished, and they bring in chairs. And these people do exercises sitting down in a chair. And there are 20 to maybe, sometimes, I think there's 30 people in there. And they really don't, I, I don't think they have the ability or yet have moved up to the fact that they could do more 
than sitting, but sitting, they are still doing aerobic exercises. I think it's phenomenal. I really do. Part of what I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing after my uh, done with my patient care experience, which starts July Soon. 1. Soon, July yeah. 1. I okay. will be doing patient education. Thank you for that. You, not that you <laughs> haven't been doing that your entire life. My whole you're life is patient education. You're uh, always doing patient was, education. We've got a new doctor coming in September. The, the doctors that be and the doctors that are in the clinic and everybody's thinking I'm sitting there kind of using up space and doing and taking up patients when these new people could be uh, getting their uh, their patients and so it's time for me to move to a different realm before sad, you day, sad sad day it'll be a Thanks. sad day but Thanks. before you talk about your new realm we are going to take a break and then all of us want to hear what you are going to do in your next okay. occupation yes Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. I'm Joan Hogan. Dr. Holm and Bev Cotton are both here. And Dr. Holm was just ready to tell us what he plans to do in his next life. We're going to be doing a research project through SDSU so that it's Bonnie Specker and Teresa Binkley are helping me coordinate this so that it is pure science. It's going to be every effort to try to make sure that we do it in a scientific way that it actually proves that that which we're trying to do, to do. I mean, I have utilized science all my life in practice. I want to advance it. And this is advancing it, using these good uh, research brain people uh, to, to set up a protocol. Now, our protocol is to strengthen people who are older or getting older or overweight. And our effort would be as a group to try to enhance their strength so they don't fall. Uh, and so if you look, or they don't, so they're able to stay young. I mean, if you look at the data, it says that it isn't the person's weight that matters in their ability to live long and well. It's their strength. Mm-hmm. So that, um, you know, walking is aerobic, but there's also the strengthening part of it, too. And um, we're going to combine this with a dietary uh, educational bent. So it's, it's going to be a research project that will be, uh, throwing out there, and I, I haven't completely uh, defined exactly how we're doing it. We're going to probably be using Wii boards. You remember those Wii? No. Wii, Wii exercise, W I I, and they, they oh. can do golfing oh. and you can do sword, <coughs> right. sword fencing, and I mean, you know, all sorts of parts of that. But we're going to use the Wii board to test, and we may well use the Wii board to uh, enhance their strength. Mm-hmm. But we'll more to come. We're right now going to Germany. Coming up, we're going to go to Germany and, and talk with the world's cutting edge experts in strengthening uh, to prevent falling. So we're, you know, we're just we're doing our pr- preparation right now. It's well, kind of exciting. Well, so it has exciting. to do with the exercise, Bev. Right. But let's talk about diabetes a little bit more. What you end up doing a lot of education about diabetes, and my essay today was about uh, that you'll see coming up is was about too much insulin uh, and so there's a, we can talk about insulin we can talk about type 2 what is the thing that you think patients people would would learn the most from you and uh, is the most important lesson that you give to people well, it kind of depends on where they're at in their diagnosis I think sometimes um, just to 
um, re-educate them about, you know, what is carbohydrate to remind them. I would say some of the older um, patients forget that fruit is a carbohydrate, that milk is a carbohydrate, um, those kinds of things, and that it doesn't. It does make a difference if it's you know if am I going to eat a, a caramel roll for breakfast versus a bowl of cereal. Yeah, there's going to be some difference with the way your body breaks that down and and probably how quickly. But the bottom line is, it's still a carbohydrate when you eat that bowl of cereal. And I think that is a misconception that a lot of people um, have. They think that as long as I stay away from sweet caramel stuff, rolls. I'm I'm fine. And their blood sugar reflects that. And um, it's a very individual disease. They can do what they they want to, if they want to, as much as they want to. And I think when it comes to insulin and dosing, that kind of stuff, I think that's where it's really hard for the physicians to make those adjustments because um, I don't know that people are always that truthful about, well, I, you know, I, I, I don't do any of that. Well, then why are your blood sugars high? Not that we want to be pointing fingers at them, but it is a direct relationship to what they're eating. Right. And so it's really tough. So um, there's, there's a lot said about carbohydrates and diabetes and aging, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and, of course, we know there's certain carbohydrates that are really good. I mean, we, will, we push fruits. Well, we, we, push need, milk. we need carbohydrate. It's not that we want to exclude them. We just need them, and we want to have the complex carbohydrates more than the simple car carbohydrates. And probably would like to control the quantity. Of and the quantity. The portion size is huge. You know, I've read a little bit that premature aging can occur with diabe diabetic patients. Why is that? I would say it's probably more because of the whole vascular system um, that's going on. You know, when you think about what's happening on the vessel end of your, your body in relationship to diabetes, you know, it's impaired blood flow. Um, and so impaired blood flow to the brain, to the Heart. Arms, legs, yeah. heart, you know, wherever your blood flows, you're impaired. <laughs> so, okay. you know, you're, you're going to see differences with that. Just like you'd have a heart condition, you're probably going to see aging quickly. Right. I mean, if you aging uh, uh, has a lot to do with the vascular system. I mean, it just, it carries oxygen and nutrients and everything to every single cell of the body. And when those get blocked, you know, you have a heart attack, you have a stroke, you have a kidney. And they say that it really... 80% of deaths are directly related to blockage of the vascular system. 80% of the deaths, you take the nursing home care, you know, the end of life, you look at all of the people who, you know, it's not, and of course, living in a nursing home doesn't mean the end of life is coming, but if you do the studies and you look at where people die and how they die, 80% of the deaths are in the end of life in an elderly, advanced elderly person is vascular. And diabetes enhances that aging process, right. makes it happen faster, as does smoking. Right. I was just going to say, I don't know what the statistics are, but I would guess that of that 80% with a vascular problem, there's probably about 50% of those that are also diabetic, don't you think? Just huge. Yeah. Are there huge. certain vitamins that you really encourage diabetics, or that isn't that important? Well, I think this is a Dr. Holm theory. <laughs> That if you're eating a balanced diet, there really should be no need for vitamins. Okay. Because you're getting everything you need from the foods that you eat, and that's the natural way of getting them. Boy, can I, I just think that's it. I mean, I, uh, uh, except for maybe vitamin D vitamin in South D. Dakota. <laughs> if you were in Florida, you may not have that problem, but in South Dakota, half of the year, you don't get enough vitamin D. 
I got to ask you, when you mentioned when you're in Florida, someone said, well, you use that uh, sunscreen every day. You're not getting vitamin D. It doesn't yeah. make it through. Is that true? It blocks the vitamin D absorption. But oh. I just had a discussion from... I can't win. No, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, but um, a, a guy from Iowa makes a big fuss about, oh, well, you know, it doesn't take much sun for you to get enough vitamin D. And the answer is... Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I think enough. Uh, I, and I, if you study people, you know, you check vitamin D levels, particularly in people who are overweight, they're low in this part of the country. You know, I bet a third at least are less than 30 or 25. A third of them, you know, partic- if they're heavy, it's 80%. Well, you don't want to stereotype, but it would be interesting to know if what their exercise habits are then if they're overweight and do they exercise outside you right. know are you yes, outside and doing that is yeah you're outside you'll get some vitamin yeah, d right yeah. even yeah, through the winter you get some vitamin d you know and they say uh particularly for Except the emotions when you run at five o'clock in the morning well yeah is that when you run <laughs> yes, that's when five you run. Yes, in the morning oh. <laughs> don't get a lot of vitamin d during that period no of time. no but you do get your exercise yes, and it's a wonderful do. thing yes. then take a capsule of 2000 vitamin d and then you're okay <laughs> then you're good uh, so, I, you know, we can argue. There's all sorts of things that we don't really understand. I would emphasize this, that of all the things in science that, you know, that have been advanced and, you know, these things, and the, I have to say, a lot we don't know. And, and if, you, if you look at it, nutrition science, although it has made huge advancements, it's still in the, almost in the dark ages. We think that it's good to eat this. We think that it's good to eat that. There are these allergies that we don't really understand. I'm right now uh, getting ready for an allergy show in a week and a day. The allergy show will talk about the fact that one person may be allergic to latex, like you, Joan, mm-hmm. and another, and not me, not Bob, not uh, Bev, but you're allergic to latex. Well, why is that? 85% of the public are allergic to poison ivy. 15% are not. Why is that? I mean, 15% are allergic to nickel, and 85% are not. Why is that? We don't Everybody's know, do Everybody's different. We? And when you eat things that are different, I mean, you, you may be allergic to this, you may be allergic to that. Things are, you know, every individual is so, so different. Right. And that's why teaching diabetes education is difficult, because you can give them the guidelines, but... They're the an way they, yeah, they're, the way they're going <laughs> to react to it is so individual. So everybody's so it's a, individual. Kind of a crapshoot. <laughs> it is a crapshoot, isn't it? Well, then we're fortunate to have Beth there to advise them, right? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're going to take our final break. We'll be back right after these words. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I can't believe we just got a couple minutes left. We have Dr. Holm here and Bev Cotton discussing many topics, mainly diabetes <laughs> and and how to stay healthy and. Bev really helps diabetics in this community with their health. And and because of the knowledge she has, she can share it with them, and it makes a world of difference. <clears throat> There's been a lot said recently about the Bidurian Victoza injections that help people. Uh, I really like that group of medicines. Um, and then there's a new one that makes you pee sugar. What's your comment about the new pills, new medicines, new injections, new things? Well, of course... You know, I don't know that there's a lot of research, and I haven't seen all. What happens, unfortunately for me, is that I may see these patients, 
they start on these medications, but I don't always see the results. And so that's where the providers see whether they work or not. Of course, there's always going to be new and improved medications. And um, I think that they're always worth a try. Um, I think, I can't remember which one is the one that you take just once a week. By Durian. Dur yeah. And I think, you know, even that, we're a society of convenience and um, if you can take a medication that you only have to remember to take it once a week versus taking it every day or twice a day or three times a day or whatever, and it keeps your blood sugars under control, I think it's great. But the bottom line is, is no matter what medication you take, you still have to do the basics. You still have to be very careful about what you eat and what you do. That's still, I would say, 50% or more more important than the medication you're taking. There's, there's a, I have a case of a, <coughs> of a, uh, Almost every one of my patients I use metformin because it is the very best drug to make all the systems work better. It doesn't look, it causes low, low sugars, helps people lose weight, uh, takes away a little bit of their appetite. It's a wonderful drug. Problem, cheap. and it's cheap. Problem is that it does, you know, there's some warnings about it being used in people whose kidneys aren't working as well. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting how variable that is? One expert will say, oh, uh, doesn't matter, use it anyway. Another says, oh no, if there's any renal function problem, you know, you're going to stop it. Oh, but we'll restart it again in this case. I mean, I find no consistency in the experts on that. And what I've done is I've tried to reduce doses to 500, 250 sometimes yep. in people who have renal, uh, low renal function, lower renal function, and monitor carefully. Yep. Is that a reasonable thing to do? Yeah. You know, in, in my own personal life, my mom has diabetes and takes metformin and I haven't seen any change in her renal function even though she has some somewhat of an elevated renal function level but um, whether or not she's on the 500 twice a day 500 once a day or not at all I haven't really seen any change in her renal function so is it affecting it well uh, it, but it sure does help the sugars it does help the sugars wow. is that given mainly to diabetic patients oh yeah but yeah. we Sometimes even use it for people who uh, polycystic polycystic kidney disease. I have used it along with uh, Prozac in an off-label way to help people keep their weight down. And now it's safe to give gestational diabetics metformin. It's not the, the number one, but I have seen some of my gestationals that people were pregnant yeah. uh, and and on it. So uh, that's an interesting medicine. It is, uh, I think, very safe. And it's uh, been around forever. It's been around forever. Now, when you talk about this med, you, I'll show my ignorance. Does that mean that you take that instead of um, insulin, or you take insulin oh, yeah, too? You did, well, you actually, yeah. the, they're using it now everywhere because it makes all of the systems work better. So instead of insulin. So I use it with insulin. Okay. Even. And it depends on where you're at. It depends on where you're at in your diabetes control or your yeah. sugar control. You may not need insulin if you can control it with just medication ah, right. by mouth. Okay. So I, I commonly will use it in a person whose pancreas is pooping out but hasn't pooped out completely. Uh, that's a way of putting it. Bev, do, would you say it in a nicer way? She would. <laughs> I probably would, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Are we out of time? I think we've run out of time, but we sure hope all of you have enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio <laughs> program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks for joining us today, Bev. It's been a pleasure having you with us. Thank you, Joan. Joan. Thank yes. you, Joan. And, and uh, Bev and Bob, and stay healthy out there, people. <laughs>